In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. And, and even the, the things that Dumbledore said in the resurrection tears of Snape, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seemed like he was very cold and only using Harry. Is that the way it is in the book? Uh, to a certain extent. The cool thing about the last two books especially is that you have this like sort of shattering of the mystique of Dumbledore. Not entirely. I mean, he is... A, a very good-hearted wizard and obviously one of the most talented ones of the entire generation or whatever. But this idea that he's just like superhuman and only ever has good thoughts and only ever did good things in his life, it's, you know, Harry has to come to terms with the fact that, oh, Dumbledore was a human being and he had like this, just you, know, this, like teenage, this yeah. you know, this teenage past where he was very... Because um, that before in the movie says his selfish. quest for, per, for power yes, took he was more friends. consequences than... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what happens in the book. You know, the whole thing, it's just it's explained more fully in the book, but they just take, they take the book explanation and distill it into three sentences, which so is... So Dumbledore's father killed three muggles and that's why they had to move or something Yeah, like he that? was, I forget if he actually killed them or just like, you know, I think he did kill them because Man. they were tormenting the little sister. Oh, so the dad was like, you're messing with my daughter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it was a Vaticadabra, but he probably just did something and then it killed them, you know. Inside Atticus. <laughs> Explodus the notice. <laughs> what the? And what did you just say? The nose? The no- yeah, but I mean, it was a Latin, yeah. so that's I not see. nose, it's notus. I see. <laughs> <sighs> Listen to the audiobooks or read the books you got on your shelf, dude. You I should admit, actually read the books. Literally- I literally own like the hard copy, leather bound, yeah. special edition books, and I haven't you read them. Should. Do I, I need mean- to read them to you? <laughs> Yes. Come tuck you in for your naps. Actually, you, you read them once a year. I read them out loud to Rhiannon all the time. Would you come over and read them to all the family? I'd be happy to. Yeah. <laughs> I love to read out loud. She has and... a sitting fee, though. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate? Yeah. You did chocolate? <laughs> I work okay. for chocolate. Okay. <laughs> Will it destroy the movies for us? No, I think what you have It'll to do is them. just you know think of the movies as the movies and the books as the books okay. because... For the most part, what what the movies change, they change for the necessity of getting it all whittled down yeah, to yeah. a feature-length film. The books will really open that world out for you. And a lot of things will actually make a whole lot more sense. Like, oh, so that's why that had to be that way. Or that's why he said that. Or that's why we had this character, you know, whatever. And it'll actually give some consequence to things like Dobby's death. <laughs> Poor Dobby got so shortchanged in the in the movies. You literally see him in movie two, and then the scene where he shows up and dies. It's like we I, I, I they could have done that so much better. The whole family thought of you. There's a reel on Instagram that mm-hmm. Ronnie sent out. It said, um, and the person is reading the book, and Dumbledore. I'm paraphrasing because I yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dumbledore quietly said, "Harry, yeah, did you put your name in the goblet?" And yeah. then in the reel, immediately comes out and was like, "Harry, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just started laughing. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, I mean, literally, when you read it in the book, he's like, you know, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Dumbledore asked him calmly. Like, yeah. that's, that's how it's written. Like, Dumbledore said calmly, did you ask one of the old students to do it for you? You know, I mean, like, he's, he's very 
even keel through the whole thing. Everyone else is kind of freaking out. Yeah. You know, like Madame Maxime and Karkaroff, they're all like screaming, ah, it's unfair, you're lied, and blah, 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 blah. I have a great <laughs> mind to leave right now. But Dumbledore does not come barreling into the room and strangle Harry <laughs> for the truth that is so ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's so ridiculous. So over the top. I'm like, I don't know why the director let him make that choice. He should have been like, uh, I get you're trying to do... You're trying to pay homage to your Irish heritage. I understand this, <laughs> but you're not you right now. You're Dumbledore, and he's not like Is that. he Irish? That, that, Michael that, Gambon? He, I remember hearing him say in an interview uh, when talking about Oi, him. I'm Irish. Oi, I'm Irish. I remember hearing him say in an interview when he was talking about him taking over the role of, mm. uh, and, and why he, like, certain of the choices he made as far as, he said, you know, I, I put a little bit of an Irish accent in because I am a little bit Irish, like I have some Irish oh, okay. blood. He's Irish and I just thought, yeah, I just thought that that would be a nice, a nice touch. I'm like, yeah, but that's you, you're yeah. Irish. Dumbledore is not Irish. No. Is he supposed to be Scottish or, or just English? McGonagall, obviously. McGonagall is, is, is Scottish. And her accent wasn't that... I, I only remember a couple of times yeah. she she didn't uh, lean into Maggie it real Smith, yeah. well. She was not like you know a roaring drunk Scott. She was <laughs> that would have been upper awesome. crust. Can Scott. you imagine? Yeah. Or if she was like brave the way she the way she talked, that would have been dope. Can Maggie Smith even do it? I mean, this is Maggie Smith we're talking about here. She probably can do it. But. You, I'm telling her you called her Mrs. Maggie Smith and not Dame Maggie Smith. I don't put too much into titles, except for Michael Jackson. He's the king of pop. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, you should go to Universal Studios and I see Diagon Alley and, and Hogsmeade. I think you would really like it. And I the rides would. are cool, too. You'll have to take some Dramamine, though, or something like that. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're really cool. And ride the train from the one side to the other. It yeah. is really cool. It is really cool. We should all go together. We should buy wands, and we should buy robes, and we should walk <laughs> around because you can buy wands and actually perform magic in the park. I see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got little it's things. It's really cool. Yeah, that... You can buy animals. Like Veronica one year got... Um, Hedwig. No. Ruff, the Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Oh. And uh, yeah, I'm telling you, you would... Butterbeer. So we tried warm butterbeer. You butter told beer. us this story last no, 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 time. No, 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 no. Uh, we, we only got frozen and regular last time. Uh, this was the first time we tried the warm buzzer beer. The warm buzzer beer, butter beer, that buzzard, was... That buzzard beer. Th that stuff was dope. We ate breakfast <laughs> yeah. there one morning. And Zave said, I'm going to get the warm butterbeer. I took a drink of it. I was like, do you want the rest of that? He's like, yes. I'm like, no, you don't. He's like, yes, I do. It was fantastic. Yeah. It goes warm butterbeer. Frozen butterbeer is my favorite. Then the warm and then the regular is just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But man, oh, you got to taste butterbeer too. It's fantastic. Pumpkin juice is nasty. I didn't like it. Um, but gilly water is pretty good. Anyway, sorry. Let's, what do they let's make continue. that to be like? Just what? water. It's they just, call it, it gilly water. It's their water that is, there's, there's safe. Harry Potter themed water. Yes, exactly. There's also a cool thing is you can go to, obviously Gringotts is there and yeah. Diagon Alley and there's a ride, but you can go to the money exchange and it's a one for one. You go and give your five bucks, your 10 bucks, because they're in denominations of five and 10 mm -hmm. and they will give you Gringotts bills that are five and 10. They're stamped with a series, they're embossed and you can use them actually anywhere within Universal Studio. You can actually then pay with that money, but specifically in Harry, in the Harry Potter world, you can pay with Gringotts based cash and that's pretty cool too. <laughs> it's pretty cool too. How many of those have you bought and taken home and framed and mounted? Every every year, kind yeah. of like, what a waste of money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's technically, uh, I mean, you can use it. Like I yeah. have series for, for 2014, 2016, 2018, and 2020. I did not get any this year because Catherine looked at me and said, you're not. 
buying Hogwarts money. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and I wanted to. I had yeah. an opportunity to, but because I made the promise, I didn't because I'm a good Christian boy. But man, I wanted it. <laughs> I but yeah, I think it would be fun. It'd be fun to go and, and, uh, and see it. Yeah. It would absolutely. So you each get one experience point. And that was our episode <laughs> oh, okay. for the day. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, it's right there. Oh. Uh, uh, all right. <clears throat> We're done. Okay. Welcome back, stackers, to another episode of Stack of Dice. We are just starting out our fifth season, and already we are finding ourselves in a very uncomfortable place. And let's see what happens next as we leap into this next episode. I'm Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mum. That just sounds wrong. Yeah, you need <laughs> to say and now, yeah. because you're the last one. Oh. You have to say and Michael. So I have to do the apostrophe and the Oxford. <laughs> yes. Oxford apostrophe. You don't have to do it. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. Although the airship moves steadily forward, only the faintest of breezes plays across Tira's and Bash's face. And even at this height, it feels as though they're breathing through a wet towel. The heat doesn't stop the green spread of jungle below you from exhibiting signs of life. Where are we going? What do you mean, where are we going? Where We're we going, going here! To this awful, horrible, putrid-infested jungle! What is this place? I don't know! Is everything alright, Tira? Is everything all right? Well, let's let's think about that for a minute. We're only about halfway through this enormously impossible task. We've barely escaped with our lives and we just left the people behind to fend for themselves. Farron decided it was just too much and left us. And now we have to carry on alone in a ship that we're not familiar with. They have one even bigger. Does that sound like everything's all right to you? It's hard to believe, but as you descend, the heat becomes even more oppressive. Mm. More wet with humidity, and before long, your clouds of little black flies go away to be replaced by ravening hordes of needle-nosed vermin that settle on exposed skin for just a moment, then flit away to leave a painfully itchy red welt. The ship settles with relative grace among the drooping branches of a clearing. A watchful silence surrounds the broad, grassy expanse, but as the dark hull touches down and grinds into the loamy soil, the stillness is shattered by a bright red bird streaking through the open space, only to disappear into the dense foliage on the other side. Tira charges over to the edge of the jungle. And she knows that following the path is gonna eventually lead to the pillar she assumes. And she might as well get ready now and just pull her ax out and is holding it at the down ready. Is the path as manicured as the pyramid? In other words, is it maintained? The path also seems to be maintained. Okay. At least at this part here at okay. the mm-hmm. edge of the okay. tree line. All right. Which in itself also seems suspicious to Tira.
you find yourselves on the winding trail. And you said it was around um, a little after midday at this point. So maybe, let's say one o'clock or so. Yeah. Every now and then you see light streaming through some small break in the canopy above. It's not dark enough to have to have a torch or anything. Right. Though, right? It's it's gloomy, but it's you can definitely see your okay. route. Do I smell anything interesting? The world around you is full of rich smells. Mostly it's decay of leaves that have fallen and, Love that and just gooping into the ground or the mud mm-hmm. and the standing pools of water. That's not from... a smell. A smell. A smell. <laughs> That's not a smell that you love, right? <laughs> uh, no. But um, I am going to deep down and take us a mud and put it all over my arms and my face and everything else to keep the bugs off me. Okay. So. Ooh, does that work? It does. But then the burrowing parasites in the mud. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not, not like about, yeah, flushing not any worms actually, in yeah, that yeah. mud. Or pick up some leeches that are just like chilling there or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Tira is stumping along in the lead. I imagine her being a good few feet ahead of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Now, you can see better in the dark, right? I yes. can. It's okay. not really dark here, but if it gets dark, I guess I'd be the one to ask for You're stuff. seeing some of the finer details, mm-hmm. maybe a flash of movement somewhere off in the distance that would be out of Wombabash's sight. Is there any cobblestone or stone, or is it just dirt? Because how is it manicured so, mm-hmm. I guess if someone's actively manicuring, but how do you, how do you explain the fact that the path is so prominent every now and then tira you do see stone sticking out from under some vines and again it looks like it's been placed along to mark the route of the path Hmm. and you call attention to each one as you go Mm -hmm. maybe breaking your conversations just long enough to say there's one yeah (laughs) are there any pictures on it like any any reminiscent of the pictures from the pyramid yes you do see little petroglyphs here and there I imagine it's rather winding. It's not straight as an arrow, right? Correct. It moves around fallen logs uh, in between thickets uh, where it gets a little steeper or slicker. It veers from that, that sort of thing. Is the temperature changing at all as we get deeper into the jungle or as we near anything? From where you came, from the clearing where the ship set down, it's immediate how sweltering it is here out of the breeze. Even the, the mild breeze that was blowing outside does not reach in here. The air is very still, very quiet, and every crash that you make pushing through bracken and trees and things sounds alarmingly loud. I will say your eyes and your ears are strained for any lurking danger. The air is wet and still, and sweat trickles steadily down, sliding beneath your clothing to pool in uncomfortable places. Bash, as the worn soles of your sandals, boots, sandals? Yeah, they're really kind of wraps around my feet. Yeah. Uh, Tread on the squishy ground. The rich smells of decaying plant matter rise to your nose. There's something else you feel through your feet. A constant rumble that almost tickles. It's faint, but it's Mm. there. Okay. But it feels so weird, I'm not going to say anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just not mention this super weird feeling. And my feet. This rumbling, this tingling. Yeah, because it's just cloth wraps, you're feeling it. Yeah, 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 definitely. As opposed to the hard soles of your boots. Do I see anything peculiar? I don't see any star stone dust or anything else on the path at all. No, nothing like that. Nothing that sparkly and beautiful in this place. (laughs) Um... It is beautiful in its own way. And in fact, Asimri's is giddy as he is going down the path. He, he'll run ahead a little bit and then he'll stop and he'll 
pull out a, a scrap of he's parchment. He's like, ooh, and, this yeah, plant I can use. Exactly. And blah, blah, blah. He's, he's, he's taking little sketches of things. And he, you know, it's, it's obvious that he is eating up every bit of this. He's still slapping at the insects and muttering to himself about some things, but he's soaking it in. The only thing close to beauty that Tira is seeing in this is the occasional rock that they come across. Mm-hmm. When she sees one of those, her heart leaps minutely. It's a little bit of a... Because it's a familiar substance, and also it indicates that they're still going in the right direction, mm-hmm. that she hopes they're not just being led into the middle of the jungle to no purpose. Um, how long do we walk in here before coming upon anything that's worth mentioning? 30 minutes, perhaps, uh, you are going down this trail that stretches on and on. Mm-hmm. Tira is just, like I said, tromping away quite purposefully, but not happily like Ephemeris. Mm-hmm. She's not giddy about anything that's uh, that she's coming across. She smacks at another bug on her neck. Um, oh, I forget, like, what? how many layers of stuff am I wearing? You're just coming from Trand, so unless yeah. you left some items on the ship, which is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe if I had if I had any kind of a coat or multiple shirts, I'd probably be starting to peel off layers by this point. Mm-hmm. But um, there's been a little bit of that, I guess. If she had anything around her neck or anything, it's like, <clears throat> and she might even be just no, I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say she's discarding it, but then I'm leaving myself open to having left something behind that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna say that. That is not canon. As she's stomping along in this squelchy ground and there's bugs everywhere and she's smacking them away. Why did we come here? Why did we choose this? The jungle does not answer. But it answers in its own way with a brush of wind. (laughs) There's no wind in here. (laughs) You pass one more vine-covered pile of stone. And as you do, you notice that there's a bit of coolness to it. To the stone? Mm -hmm. It's cool to the touch. Mm Mm-hmm. And something under your feet shifts, and you realize there's a slight, slight, very slight upslope here. Upslope? Hmm. And you begin to hear something. A dull rumble sounds somewhere in the distance ahead. All right, she's going to throw up the stop fist, you know? Um, Lumberbash walks right into her. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Do you feel that? Do you hear that? Listen. I, I, I hear something, but actually I've been feeling some, some tickling of my feet while we've been walking on the, on the path. This whole time? Well, not the whole time. Like, maybe most of the time. But I don't know what it is. I, I, it's just weird. But do you, you feel it now, though? Yes. It seems like the ground is sloping up. Maybe like the rim of the depression? I think we must be getting close. All right, so uh, Womberbash is going to run up the path or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, just to just to get up to the top sooner to kind of see. Yeah, up ahead, the trees do begin to seem less crowded. Light begins to permeate the trees a bit more. They thin out, and then you find yourself on a small rocky ledge. How big is the indentation I see before me on into the ground? First of all, There's an arrangement of rocks here outside the trees. The same stylized petroglyphs on them let you see you've held true to your path. Tira, as you come out, you see that and you realize you've gone the route. Your eyes pay little immediate attention to the marker, however, because you find yourself taking in a wondrous sight. 
We stand atop a very high cliff that curves north and south from where you stand, forming a looming wall marching into the distance. The sound of slithering pebbles you've disturbed draws your eyes downward far beneath your feet lies a vast depression in the earth. Like a crater? The floor is hidden from your eyes as it is covered by what looks like even thicker jungle than that through which you've already gone. As always, the heavy air forms a haze, even wet cloud cover below the heights of the cliffs that obscures much beyond four or five miles away. So you don't even see the far side of this crater from Mm -hmm. where you are. It is massive. You see no end to this sunken valley, but the jungle spills westward, covering most of it. You do see some breaks in the trees here and there, but it's hard to tell what lies beneath them. Tira, your quick eye estimates that it's probably a good mile or more down to the distant treetops. So there are trees down. You said jungle, at thick the bottom, jungle in the at base. The bo- yeah, exactly. More important, and perhaps even more intriguing, is the site to your right. The source of the rumbling sounds and sensations is at last revealed in a misty spray. A massive waterfall tumbles over the cliff a few hundred yards away, dropping swiftly in a cascade of diamonds to a pleasant turquoise pool below. Swan dive! How, I, I, yeah, how, how tall is that fire firewall waterfall? Uh, again, it's about a mile down, if not more. It's down in the crater. It's down in okay. the crater. The temperature here is quite cool in comparison to the close confines of the trees, helped as it is by both breeze and water. Even more fascinating is the network of bridges, platforms, and trees that crisscross the face of the falls. Dark forms move in stately unhurriedness along the sloping walkways. A whole city built vertically along the length of the falls extends both up and down. The upper reaches even rise above the fall's edge, terminating in muddy spires that reach toward the brilliant blue sky above. Your eyes can make out dark holes in the topmost towers, and even as you're watching, you see a a form lean out of one of the holes, plummet downward, and then at the last moment, before impacting the water, wings spread out, and this form goes sailing off over the valley. You're trying to take in more detail of the odd city when there's an equally odd sound from behind you. A voice speaks. State who you are and your need to see Kisikangasa. So wait, he whistled and then said that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) His speech is oddly punctuated with whistles, and you turn to find a bird-like figure perched atop the stone marker. His head tilts as he awaits your answer. Okay. Uh, His bony fingers are curled around a spear, and he is squatted down alongside the spear, but he's on top of this stone marker here next to you. So he's not in an alarmed or combative type position. He's just... Yeah, he he seems to be in a... Inquisitive? Yeah, almost conversational uh, capacity here. (laughs) Who are you, and what is the purpose of your visit? And what what did he say again? He asked who you are and why you're coming to the city. Well, all right, leader. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Asimri's eyes are just huge. Yeah. And his hands are clasped in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this person who spoke to us, male or female? Hard to tell. Okay. Stature. I know you said he's perched, mm-hmm. but... If he were to stand, he would probably be about Wanderbash's height. If oh, not, so big dude. If not taller. Okay. 
Wow. He has bird-like features on his face, a beak, even some feathers that come out of the skin. So it's mm-hmm. like skin face, but then they oh, kind of go back. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, wings. Okay. But regular legs? Human legs, or, or at least humanoid legs. Because mm-hmm. he has pants on probably, right? Uh, or does he have just have, like feather. a loin? Feather, okay. yeah. A yeah, loin, a loin. Loin cloth. <laughs> does he just have a loin? <laughs> okay, we gotta get that muscle nectar out and we can talk to him. Try it. Tira stares um, for a second, taken aback, caught a little bit off guard by the sudden appearance of this person. But already from you describing the, the network of bridges and things, mm-hmm. her mind was already cast back to the forest village of these people where there were also bridges and stuff all over the place. That together with the stone um, markers markers that they've been following this whole time, it all has felt very reminiscent of that race of people. So then she turns to see this guy and he is whistling, but he also spoke mm-hmm. in common. Yep. Okay. Completely comprehensible to Yeah. I said, what are your names and why are you coming to our city? I want to ask him his name first, uh, but we're not in a strong position here. Um, um, my, my, name, my, name, my name's Wabberbash. Wangagash. No, 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 I'm, it's Wam, Wamberbash. Wangagash. And you can see his beak, his hard beak is trying to make that mm, B sound and it's just not sense. quite... Not quite you, you, it. you can call me Ash. 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 And even though he's got a beak, you can hear the smile in his voice. He turns his head to look at you, Tira. My name is Tira. Tira. Yes. And I am a Simmeries. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking for the bird dude. I'm like, wait a minute. I am Indekeguntu. Come with me. How, how far are we? So I, I picture us on a rim, and I picture over here to the right is the waterfall. And thing. Yes. How long is that of a trek? It's going to be about three or 400 yards, if not a oh, little bit longer. Okay, it's okay. far enough away that it's not right there, but it's pretty close. And, and that's just to get to the near side of this waterfall city. Because the waterfall itself is probably a good two or 300 yards across and then, of course, you have the city going down the face of it. And again, there are stone platforms that have been built out, and there are tree branches, old gnarled trees that have grown out of the cliff face, mm-hmm. and uh, platforms are built on those. And so it's just an intricate, interconnected city that's built vertically up and down the face of the waterfall. Hmm. All right, so we're obviously we're going to walk along the edge, our outside, mm-hmm. to get there, right? Indeke jumps down lightly and lands with a small flap of his wings to help slow him down. He fluffs his wings, turns around proudly, and begins walking with his spear as a walking stick. And what takes you to us? We just met this guy. I'm going to tell him all of our business. We are new to this area, and... We're explorers. Mm-hmm. That's, not as, that's as good an explanation as any. We have just arrived in this region and are exploring. We have seen others like you. They come and they go. I think you will find this a pleasant place. Others like us. Explorers. Come, I show you. 
And he just walks on, whistling as he goes. Hmm. You make your way along the path, and as you get closer, uh, you begin to see signs of the rocky rim that you're on begins to be covered with boards, planks that have been laid there to help provide better footing in the wet of the spray. They've been roughed so that they uh, there's some grip to them, and you start making your way across the face of the waterfall here at this top level. It is a little slick, but like previous places that you've been, especially the jungle area in Kizaro, they didn't cut the vines, but rather trained them so that they're still living and, and benefiting from the spray of the waterfall, but not in danger of drying out and rotting. And you pass by some interesting, interesting figures. They all appear to be, or mostly appear to be, animal-formed humanoids. So you pass by some tall cat people that are hissing and purring to each other. Their tails are twitching, and as they see you, their ears lay back just the tiniest bit as their eyes go wide and look at you with a greenish glow to them. Are there any sign of star stone or anything like that that we can see, whether it's in the building, in a shrine, or anything like that? No. Okay. Although, think about other things that you have seen along these lines. Along the lines of this village? And the people. Do we, do we see any thump-like creatures there? Not in this first introduction into, okay. the, into this part of the city, you pass by an open doorway to a rounded hut, and there's a small curtain there that is basically vines hanging down with feathers strung to them, so it provides more of a visual screen. But they've been pulled back, and inside you see what looks like a, a very large turtle person sitting there on the floor. Oh, um, uh, Samari's little buddy. No, he was a robot, wasn't he? And there are a couple of people that, again, have this tortoise-like shell on their back. And they're moving very slowly, passing a cup from one to the other, and drinking and laughing <laughs> as they pass this cup back and forth. You see other people with downy pelts, more beaver-like features. You see others that have simian features, like monkeys. One even shakes the bridge alarmingly as it approaches you, it's a hippopotamus, so it's a very thick-limbed figure walking on two legs. Male or female? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Dang, girl. You huge. <laughs> Thick. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a bizarre collection of people. It obviously connects very quickly with the petroglyphs that you saw. Yeah. With animal-like figures that also look human. Tira is still, though, very surprised to see a bunch of different species like this living together. I mean, so far, all the groups we've come across, the people have all been of one mm -hmm. type, kind. I yeah. guess. Yeah. One kind. And, I mean, I guess these are of the kind of animal humanoids, but it's just like, these are, these are animals that don't necessarily even live in the same kind of ecosystem naturally you know cats don't often just live in drippy jungles next to waterfalls and stuff so tira maybe catches up to endeke uh there's you have a curious assortment of members in your community i've never seen anything like this the simmeries you turn around it's what's his name and there is bakongo ah uh. The Simmeri's aid mm -hmm. that you first met in the city of Abendale. It is so good to see you. 
The coming of an unexpected friend is like a clear spring in a jungle swamp. So did the Simris kind of know about this place already? He doesn't appear to. Okay. Uh, his eyes, again, they're, they're still very wide. And when he's not gawking at everything around him, he is scribbling notes furiously in his little notebook. But as soon as he hears the voice, he, his face lightens up even more. And he turns around and then he jumps towards the Congo. And they, they do a, a little hug circle <laughs> there on the walkway. And you, Tira, I see you are here. And Wombabash, I remember you well. <laughs> I guess you would. Bakongo, it's good to see you again. I was not expecting that. Where is Peter? Peter's gone. Hmm. So the troubles have reached even you. Yes. I'm sorry to know it. Perhaps we are not as safe here in our haven as we thought. So, so you haven't seen any other bad people here? We are remote enough at this point that uh, we have been very safe, but each day we hear reports might be getting less and less safe. Is there something in this crater here? Is there something buried underneath there? Or do you know anything about the inside of this crater? He looks left and he looks right. I think we should talk about this inside. And he gestures over to another open doorway nearby. I guess we duck inside behind him. Deke, I will take them from here. You bet. And with that, the birdman bows, jumps off the bridge alarmingly, but then after that split second of... <gasps> You see him open his wings and he flaps back to resume his perch there over by the jungle. Come, come. I give you some food. Yes. You literally ate half an hour ago. <laughs> you go into the, uh, the cool interior of this place. The walls inside have been daubed with mud. And so over time, wh whether it was baked in place or whatever... So it's not peeling off the walls, but there it's, it is moist from the spray from the waterfall. But it helps to add an extra layer of coolness to the room. And it's been painted white, and then around the ceiling there have been geometric patterns, very similar to a, a tortoise shell, mm. with little speckles and things to liven it up. Yeah, sit down. Make yourselves at home. And he goes and he busies himself at a shallow basin nearby, turns around and he, he carries a leaf... It has several assorted things on it, berries, some bugs, and some other assorted things that look somewhere in between as far as tastiness goes. <laughs> do, do you have any tea? Tea, no, but I make some honey water. May I have some of that, please? He finds another leaf. This one has been cupped even more, so it makes something of a, of a drinking vessel itself. He swirls it a couple times, tips a little bit into his mouth and swishes it. Yes. And he hands it to you. I thought he was going to spit back. Spit it back. <laughs> like, oh, you can keep that. <laughs> Open up. <laughs> mm, this is good. Thank you. It is clear water, but there is a delicate sweetness to it that you're not used to, and it goes down very easily. Mm. And as Emery's, I have your favorite here, too. And he hands him another leaf, and that has some things on it. It's hard to tell exactly what they are, but Asimri's <laughs> immediately begins to crunch them. Is it like rice? Is it like rice inside of grape leaves or anything like that? Or? No, 
No. <laughs> Some tzatziki sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it a euro by any chance? <laughs> I can see the lines of experience on your faces. You have been through much since we last he met. He just called you old, Tara. I know he wasn't talking <laughs> to me. the crow's feet going <laughs> there. We're trying, we're trying to find something. What and is that? We're trying to find a pillar. <sighs> we thought it might be at the bottom here. He leans back and nods knowingly. You seek the leg of the god. It is down in the valley below, far, far away. It is not safe to go alone, at least not by foot. But we have ways of traveling the valley, and I will see if I can find a way to get you there. It's got to be like 3 o'clock about now, right, at this point, at the very yeah, least? Yeah, 1.30. Yeah, somewhere oh. around, let's say, 2. He said we walked yeah, a half somewhere. an hour. Yeah. A half hour, and then there was more to go. Oh. So it, it, you ended up spending about an hour in the jungle. So somewhere around two, three, somewhere in there. So we ain't going tonight, basically. Or we ain't going now. We're going to wait till tomorrow, probably. Wait till late. Yeah. I cannot do this without approval from the elders, though. Well, we don't need approval from anybody. We can go whenever we want. Just point the way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get us somewhere, but whatever. I understand your. Well, no, I don't understand your haste, <laughs> your, your urgency. I didn't so say, do you do you tone, understand actually. it? <laughs> you while you've been here in your safe waterfall, secluded from the rest of the world, getting reports. Are you really saying that? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and getting reports, we've actually been out in it. We've lost people. We can't hardly keep our party together. And it's all because of these pillars. We need to finish this and get it done. If you need to wait around for approval, then I guess you can do that. But we need to go. But the approval will give you the means of getting there quickly and safely. It is an investment up front, so to speak. He grins at you charmingly, not, not meanly. It will be worth the effort, I promise. Why is it that you need to go? We've been given a job to do. We need to get these pillars ascended. We need to get them out of here. Uh, back where they belong. That would explain the new stars. Yes, exactly. Only when we have finished our task will, this, will anything be truly better. And all these attacks and all these horrors can end. And I'm tired of fighting. We raised four pillars already. Yes, that accords with what we know from the heavens. We have had troubling signs. I expect there will be perhaps resistance from some of the elders. Not because of the importance of your work, but because change here, in this place, is very difficult for many. They have come from many of the horrors that you describe, fleeing to us from different places. And we welcome them. They find here a place to start over, to live lives that are free from the evils they have faced. You have noticed the different people. They come from all around this valley and beyond, coming because they know this is a place of refuge. 
and we try to keep it that way. You will understand, I hope. The elders do not lightly make decisions of this magnitude. They don't have to involve the entire community. Just us. If you are looking to make another star, that will be a big change here. We have many stories that reach back before our memories begin. Of what we were before the gods broke. And when the leg fell here in our place, it changed us. So to remove it, to send it back, what will that mean to us? Our history, who we are. There is much to consider. I didn't think of that. I'm sorry. You have not harmed me. It is good to understand things, and I see the goodness of your heart displayed in your words. The thing is, the elders need to know that there's darkness coming and evil. And it's only going to stop if we raise the pillar. So, in their decision, I hope you help us by letting them know that this has to happen. Then maybe they need to hear it from you, and not me. Maybe you can share your insight and your experience. Do you think they would even listen to us? We're strangers, we're outsiders. A friend of a friend is a friend. A friend of a friend is an enemy. Oh, wait. It's my enemy. No. <laughs> Never mind. My other arm. <laughs> Are you refreshed? Do you feel better? Yes, the sweet water was good. Then perhaps you will follow me. How many elders are there? I guess we're going to find out. What should we like to? <laughs> Some of them will not agree. Others might. Okay, so Victor and George. Uh, Victor's not going to agree, but George is going to be good. That's not going to help us. <laughs> He stands up smoothly, gestures to you, and he steps back outside the hut. The daylight is already beginning to slant here, just the tiniest bit, as the day wears on. You are thankful for that spray from the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And as you go, you notice some things. Why don't you give me a nature check, both of you, and whoever rolls higher will be the one to notice. Net 20. There you go. I'm not even going to tell you what my scroll was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tira, your keen eye, now that you have had some of your suspicions perhaps allayed and you're feeling better in the presence of somebody you've known in the past, you allow your guard to drop a little bit and you find yourself noticing things. You notice primarily that the bird folk of this area tend to live higher above the spray. Cat folk tend to live a little further out from the waterfall to minimize the dampness. Meanwhile, those who are more akin to the water, the turtles and, and, uh, and others, yeah, the hippos, uh, tend to build closer to the waterfall or even in the water. Their hut might actually surround some of the water coming down through a gap in the hut roof. Even though it looks chaotic from a distance, as these platforms crowded with huts and things build across the face of the waterfall up and down, there is a chaotic sort of order to it. It's a jumble that to a, a dwarf might seem unpleasant, but you find it amusing and endearing in a way. Right. She can see what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's innovative in its way, given mm -hmm. their circumstances. It is curious, I guess in my mind, maybe also tears, that, well, maybe I guess they were living there before the leg descended because i'm thinking why would they choose to live right by this thing 
if it's going to cause such a huge disruption to their lives, but I'm guessing maybe they were there first. And it just, because you said it, it, when the leg came, it changed us. So I guess they were there first. He has not gone into that. Mm-hmm. All that history. Yeah. Is there a detail you would like to add? Something you smell, Michael? And something you see, Tara? Or hear? Something you hear? As we are traveling from Bakongo's hut to the elders? Yes. And you're actually making your way down the waterfall. So you, you're doing kind of like staircase style where mm-hmm. it's a gentle slope down and then mm-hmm. back, yeah. mm-hmm. making your way gradually downward. Well, the further down we go, it's hard to hear much of anything other than the pounding of the, mm-hmm. the water against the rocks below. But as sort of as you described, as she's gone down, dropping from one level of language to another, like you said, you know, there's the birds at the very top as we're going down and then I can't really hear the cats because they're too far away. We're too near the, the waterfall to be able to hear them. So she notes the change of, of languages. And, and again, it's just, it's just not really astonishing. That's too dramatic. But it's surprising to her how all of these seemingly disparate cultures are able to all exist together. I mean, it was hard enough for her and for the dwarves and the humans. Yeah, yeah to find a way to coexist and that was in an emergency situation yeah and so this seemingly harmonious community she's just amazed yeah in fact you pass by and you see one of the hippo people balancing a little monkey person yeah. on it on her knee like that wouldn't normally happen <laughs> and the little monkey person is laughing yeah giggling Aww. and something you smell yeah so i think Especially as it we're basically in and around the waterfall, I don't think we smell decaying um, foliage at this point, but more of like a um, a greenery. And I'm feeling a, I'm, I'm smelling a, I'm smelling a a, a hint of like citrus, hmm. uh, not necessarily orange, but not grapefruit either, but just like, like a citrus. Yeah, just yeah, some type of I guess maybe floral scent or something like that. That's just sort of permeating the air a little bit. It's very, very light and faint, but it, it's sort of like a fresh smell. Okay. And let's say that as you're going down, you do notice here and there are smaller platforms, perhaps about the width of the ledge that you came to the city on, that have been hollowed out slightly so that they're kind of like bowls. And there are these plants with what color blossoms on them? I'll say uh, like a fluorescent orange or okay. like a yellow. Great. So orangish yellow blossoms, and on these specially made platforms, there are little platforms on the platforms with beehives on them. Mm-hmm. And so the bees are buzzing around and pollinating and cross-pollinating, and perhaps that's where the sweetness of the water that you had up in the Congo's house I like that. comes from. I like that. I think also there should be the plants that don't necessarily root in ground, but get their nutrients yes. and mist from the air. So right, right. some type of an orchid or or something like that all around. Like I, I, I envisioned this, even though you had mentioned it was like sort of muddy looking and maybe sort of chaotic, but because of the lush um, tropical nature of this place, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking there are... There are plants and, and flowers and everything just everywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining that, that this is a far more pleasant environment than what we came yeah. out of through that nasty yeah. jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, the wind here uh, coming off of 
the water and everything is is pushing the bugs away. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. keeping the light breeze keeps away. Similarly to in San Diego and I was stationed in San Diego. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a definitely a pleasant place to be. And we're about to wreck it. <laughs> <laughs> After about 15 minutes of wending your way down this bridge-based walkway, you come at last to an open platform that sticks out in a large way. Uh, I'm thinking maybe 100 feet across. So a, a rough circle, 100 feet diameter, that is built out of the cliff face. And there, seated around a small fire are seven figures that are sitting cross-legged on the stone. As you approach, you hear a chanting sound. It sounds like chanting at first, but then you realize that there is music running through it. They are singing quietly to and with each other. Are they all of the same or are they different, like just like the animal representatives there? There's a, a smattering of representation. Okay. A couple of turtle people, one of the bird people, a hippo person, and a cat person or two. And their voices blend harmoniously. It's rather pleasing, the sound that they're making together. You come down, and the Congo, with a quiet gesture, bids you to stay closer to the end of the walkway. He waits for the singing to come to a, a lull, and he steps forward and he speaks quietly to one of them. He turns around and he gestures to you, and all the eyes of the elders turn to face you. Okay, so let's walk over to somewhat in the middle so we can present ourselves to them. I'm imagining it's like a semicircle coming out of the rock face. Or is it a complete it's circle? It's a complete circle. Okay, oh, wow. Not so entirely sure how it's supported underneath. I know, that's, that's, that's why I was assuming it was a semicircle. That it was just like an nope. outcropping of rock. No, it's a whole circle. Yeah. So we're going to be standing in the middle. Yeah. Okay. And they are seated in a circle or a semicircle? Circle. They're seated in a circle. Mm-hmm. Do we dare break the circle and stand in the middle of them? Or There what's... are gaps in between. They're not sitting shoulder to shoulder. Right, but I mean, like, that would still be kind of a presumptuous, I think, to just enter the circle and stand in the middle. The Congo gestures to you. <laughs> oh, nice. To come into the yeah, middle of the into circle. Into okay. the circle. All right, well, we... Um, I've chosen the least uh, imposing elder council members to put my back to, and I'm sort of behind Tira, <laughs> like, looking at whoever she's... <laughs> wherever oh she's looking at. Uh-huh. I, don't know what I was really glad for you to end it there, because I'm like, I don't know what to say next. <laughs> uh... Bakongo steps into the middle of the circle also. Yeah, I was going to say, shouldn't he like introduce us or something? <laughs> he puts his arms around your shoulders, Tira and Bash, and Asimari stands between the two of you. Respected elders, I give to you Wombabash, Tira, and my good friend Asimari's. They are here on business of their own. They have related some of it to me, but what they ask is beyond my authority to grant, and so I ask that you consider their words. And so I leave it to them to speak to you, to plead their case. Hi, I, hi, I'm Wamber Bash. I think you know that there's, um, there's evil coming and there's darkness that's coming and um, my friends and I have seen it and we've tried to help people to fight against it. You notice that 
one or two of the elders' heads nod, and you, you see the nodding. My friend and I have been chosen to uh, help stop this evil. And the only way for us to do it is to raise these pillars. And it's, it's going to happen. It's going to come here. And we must, we must raise this pil- pillar to stop the evil people. So we were asking if you could help us get to the leg and, and, and help us raise it. There is silence around the circle. And then the singing begins again. You do not understand the language. Even Asimri's looks a little bit uncertain of what he's hearing, and you know his aptitude for language. But the words seem to have a, a warmth to them, an ancientness to them, that feels comforting for its age. And it continues for another two or three minutes. Now the look on Pakango's face is just that he's watching them deliberate. In other words, uh, he's not alarmed and like, oh, what's going on? His eyes are closed and he is swaying gently with the music. Um, No expression on his face, but he is... In fact, he is actually singing along a little bit. Oh, okay. You can feel the vibration of his voice through his arms on your shoulders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's between me and Bash. Yeah. Okay. Tira is going to sort of look under uh, <laughs> Bakongo's arm acro- across Bakongo to Bash and shrug. Maybe just shake her head like, I'm not sure this is working. I'm not sure this is going well. Because it sounded like they gasped when he mentioned the pillar. Yes. Yeah, that was not lost on Tira. That, that, as soon as he mentioned that, uh, there was an immediate reaction. But she's afraid to speak or say anything because they're clearly concentrating right now. The song abruptly stops, and one of the cat people stands, bows stiffly to the Congo, and says something in that same language that none of you understands. And the Congo shrugs and says, Well, after that, They have decided they need a little more time to discuss. I know it's not what you want to hear, but I guarantee if I can work with them, it will be worth it. How much much time? I will see what I can do tonight. It will take some convincing. Only with difficulty does Tira restrain herself from stepping forward and addressing them directly. Instead, she turns to Bakongo. Please try to impress upon them the importance of this task. We're, we're definitely not unaware of the great change it will bring to raise this pillar. I wish it were otherwise. I wish I could say it was otherwise. I can only tell you it has to happen. Please help them to see that. Wamberbash steps forward a little bit closer to, I guess, the one elder or the elder, which way we were facing. He steps forward and says, I know know this can't be easy, but I just want you to know that I was changed too by the the pillar, and immediately I'm going to expel three side points, and I'm going to don wings. I'm going to open them up. 
and I'm going to say I would gladly give away everything that the pillars changed to me to save the people that I love. We have lost friends because of this evil. And I think it's worth it to throw away any change that it did to me to help save the people of this world. Please help us. I think we will end it here. <laughs> he doesn't know what their reaction is. You're turning into a bird. <laughs> and I'm going to give you each three experience points for your various roles in today's game. No, make it five. Make it five. Great, convincing, nice details, nice role-playing between the two of you. Thank you. I actually wouldn't mind living in this place. Not in the jungle part. <laughs> right, right. But maybe Just this place. Just this place yeah. in particular. Might yeah. not be too bad. Yeah, so I'm thinking of, it's you know, like the, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, by the way, Disney. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, good for you. Uh, yeah, and um, I wanted it to be a fantastic feel to it. So mm-hmm. hopefully that came through. It's a lush yet cleansing feel to it after the nasty bug forest. Mm-hmm. And but I don't think Tira would like to live there. No, it's... Because uh-uh, uh-uh. you're definitely into the stone, mountain, rock. Yeah. I don't know. Tira may be torn at this point. It doesn't seem like there's much for her to go back well, to. Well, yeah, your home is kind of jacked up with mm-hmm. your dad and everything right yeah. now. Yeah. So that's got to be tough. All right, so let's go into the Norse battle. What you got? Woo! Well, donning the wings was a clever idea. I think he needs to. He already has inspiration. I think, but yeah, he know, does from the last episode. Why don't you go ahead and take another two? What? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that if you hadn't done that, I would have asked for a persuasion check. Okay, but I think that was sufficient to show them. Yeah. So I think that was well done. I tell you what, I don't know what it is, but I am more shocked at Tira's attitude right now then I think my you, attitude towards what exactly? you've been more diplomatic throughout the all the times we've played this game but this particular episode and maybe the last episode you're like yeah enough is enough yeah I'm see I done. keep trying to lead us into a conversation <laughs> about it a little bit because don't I I know we're trying to get the story to move a little bit faster but I don't want us to forget what people have told us they appreciate about this podcast and this game is that we don't just let big events go unaddressed you know a lot of other games you know you you can lose party members left right and center just like oh well and you just keep going and where's the next you know dungeon crawl stinks to be him yeah and we you know addressed peter's death and we've addressed other you know being far from home and personal revelations and my dad's craziness and all this kind of stuff and so I just don't feel like it's authentic for us to go on, even though we didn't know Farron for very long. It's just like you said, Tyr at this point is like, how much more of this nonsense are we going to put up with? We keep lo- we keep losing people. We can't yeah. hardly get this thing done because people keep losing. You know, we keep losing them. And and I, like I said, I'm trying to remember. I think I've been too diplomatic of, of late. I'm forgetting what kind of person Tira is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think if we, I, we haven't had a time really to uh-huh. even talk about it. I think once we maybe settle in for the night, it's, the subject there is going to come up. There yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So expect that in the next episode. Yeah. 
I think it's important to address it. And at this point, I get the impression, I don't know if you were trying to play it this way, that Wamberbash is basically deflecting things. So he yes, have to exactly. Think about because it. see, here's the deal. He's been, he was hurt severely by Peter dying. Yeah. And um, he couldn't even cope. I mean, he was coping, but you didn't know what was going on inside mm-hmm. of him. It yeah. was really, really hard. And so I think it's easier for Wamberbash to ignore it. But I think once we settle down in front of a fire and mm-hmm. like go to lay down, it's going to come up obviously yeah. in conversation and it's going to be dealt with yeah. at that point. But it, at this it'd point, it'd be kind of cool if while you're lying there <laughs> in the dark, you suddenly hear him sniffling. <laughs> Wormbush, what's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> okay. No. No. Uh, <laughs> he said he was fine. I don't know. Um, but no, I think we need to also go back because if you think back to the way we ended it when Farron announced her departure, I said, that's okay, Farron, I understand. And you were like, I don't understand. I don't know why you don't want to come with us. Mm-hmm. So I, if we can get back to that, cause that's like yeah. what I've, that that is what I've been trying to get us back to. Like we need to talk about how we feel about Farron just up because Peter, I mean, he was killed. He right. didn't take off. He was killed. So that was traumatic. This is like we could have all kinds of conflicting feelings about this. I said I understood. Did I actually understand, or was I just like, like you said, just deflecting for the moment? Like, well, she's she's going to go anyway, so whatever. But you know, if we can, ha- we need to have that conversation. Even with the bard guy who was our friend, or yeah, Rebeck, yeah. yeah, with Rebeck, that that was the first time. And he was, was like, wait a second, coach. I don't understand. I yeah. thought you were our friend. Yeah. And like you stole my. This spoon. is what keeps happening to us. So yeah, I think you're you're right though. It hasn't really come up organically. Yeah, like we haven't we haven't had enough we, time we, we, to stop. Like, we haven't stopped moving yeah, yet. Yeah. So yeah, well, probably when we are down for the night, that, no one wants to talk to you because you're like yeah, like chop somebody's head off. Yeah, yeah, off. yeah. I'm <laughs> just hey, trying Sarah, to get back. What? I'm just trying to get what back to want? her slightly more <laughs> volatile nature and also you know leaning into that idea that you know this just keeps happening. Yeah. It just keeps happening, and it's gone. There's been a multitude of things like it, whether it's Peter's death. Or it stinks being a hero. It yeah. does. It's lonely because you keep losing, losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, and it, you it, have to keep on going. Yes, regardless. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's go ahead and get a recap. Tira is 32 points into level 13. Wamberbash is 40 points into level 13. Great progress. Lots to discuss, lots to look forward to, Stacker. So yeah. please join us again next time as we continue our ongoing story. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. And please, please, please interact with us in real time on Discord. You can find the details on how to get there in our Twitter feed. Check that out today. In the meantime, if you've not yet rated and reviewed us, please take a moment to do that. It's very helpful to us. And we will see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. Previously on Lost. Yes. <laughs> A dull rumble sounds somewhere in the distance ahead. All right, she's going to throw up the stop fist, you know? Lumberbash um, walks right into her. <laughs> stop. Do you feel that? Do you hear that? <laughs> Are you... What? We just watched Ghostbusters, and that's a part oh, where listen. Could, hey, listen. You smell something? You smell that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen. Listen. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he meant.
mention that you feel the rumble and that I hear yeah. the sound, but yeah. Yeah, you're going to be irritated because I won't. Actually, I've been feeling something for quite a while. I, feel. <laughs> I just didn't want to say anything. It's just in a bad mood. 